And now we're going to have our first Bible reading. From Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand and hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David... A saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you were here earlier this evening, you will know that we had the pleasure and the chaos and the noise and the fun and the excitement of the children acting out the events of the Christmas story. Playing a part in a nativity play is something many of us may remember ourselves when we were children at school or at church. But when I worked in primary schools, casting the annual nativity play was one of the trickiest parts of the job. There were always lots and lots of little girls anxious to be Mary and hold the baby Jesus. And there were plenty of little boys who wanted to get dressed up and put crowns on their heads and pretend to be a wise man from the East. But there were also plenty of sulky angels and quite a few miserable shepherds and always a Joseph who refused to hold Mary's hand, never mind look into her eyes. From a very young age, children have strong opinions about the role in the story that they would like to play. So I wondered if we were to put on a nativity play this evening, and don't worry, we're not going to, but if we were, and if you could choose to be any character in that play, what would it be? Which character, I wonder, would you most identify with? Perhaps you'd like to be Mary, an ordinary young woman, not very rich, not outwardly very special, but someone who had found favour with God. What do we think that might mean? How does one find favour with God? Well, I guess by living according to God's ways, by worshipping him, by following his commandments, and by getting on with everyday life in a way that brings honour to him by being honest and kind, by upholding justice and looking out for the needs of the poor and the vulnerable. So perhaps as we think about the Christmas story, you might see yourself as something of a Mary, an ordinary person who God was pleased with. Through Mary, we can see that God, that Jesus was born for the ordinary people in the world, those getting on with their ordinary lives in an ordinary way, and trying to honour God in all they did. Or perhaps in our imaginary nativity, you'd rather be Joseph. Now the Bible doesn't tell us very much about Joseph, but traditionally he's represented as being older than Mary, and as being a very solid and reliable and hard-working man. 
a craftsman who did the right thing, who listened to the message that the angel brought and stood by his betrothed even when she appeared to have disgraced him. Like Mary, Joseph was a man who knew God and who God trusted enough to bring up his precious son. Perhaps you find you can identify with Joseph. Perhaps you think you identify with a solid and reliable and hardworking and responsible character and someone who always tries their best to listen to God and do the right thing. We know that Jesus was born for people like that. Or perhaps you'd rather be a shepherd in our play. It's a bit of a less responsibility being a shepherd, isn't it? There's probably a few less lines to learn and you've probably not got too much to remember. And that's just as well because at that time, the shepherds, they weren't the brightest or the best. In fact, they were the slightly shady characters who couldn't get any other work than looking after the sheep in the fields at night. They were a little bit down and out. They were a bit rough around the edges and they were the ones that avoided God and all mention of religion. They were the sort of people that if you met them on a dark night, you'd want to avoid them. Perhaps you're wondering why the angels took the message of the birth of God's son to people like that. But you see, Jesus was born for the unholy as well as the holy people. He was born to show those that the world hated that God loved them and that they were welcome and important in God's kingdom. And they were the first to hear the news that the Messiah had been born. Perhaps you prefer the idea of being a wise man in our virtual nativity. And I think in the 21st century, we need to extend that to being wise women as well. They were the super rich of their time. And they were foreigners. They were clever. They'd studied the skies and they were experts in mathematics. They were the scientists of their world. And they'd followed a new star that they'd observed all the way across the land to the birthplace of Jesus. They were travellers and adventurers. And through the wise men, we can know that Jesus was born for people that are wealthy and well-educated, people who are scientific, people who are adventurous people from all sorts of different parts of the world. The story begins to come alive for us when we look at the different characters, doesn't it? The story came alive for us earlier today as the children acted it out in their own way. And it comes alive to us again as we sit in church this evening and put ourselves in the place of each one of those characters. You see, stories, even stories that we know very well, like this one. They change every time we tell them. They change because every time we hear them, we are drawn into them once again, and we are changed by them. As listeners, we become a part of the story. We bring part of ourselves to it, and as we're presented with characters and places and feelings, we respond to them, and that response is different every time we hear them, because we are different every time we hear them. And so I wonder this evening what your response to our story is. I've said all stories are powerful and we respond to them and they can be, they can be things that change us. But the Christmas story is perhaps the most powerful story of all time. 
because of the important truth that it contains. And when I talk about truth, I'm not talking about the historical accuracy of the accounts that we have in the Bible, which some people may well struggle to accept. I'm talking about the eternal truth contained within those stories, the truth that God loved the world so much that he sent his son to save it, to be born as a baby, born for the Marys and the Josephs and the shepherds and the wise men, and for all those who identify with the characters, even over 2,000 years later on. Born for the ordinary, the God-fearing, the solidly respectable, those accepted by the community and those despised by it, those that were nearby and those that were far away. The truth of this story is that Jesus was born for all people at all times and in all places, born for you and born for me, born to be our saviour and our king and to show us the reality and the depths of God's love for each one of us born to teach us how to live at peace with one another and with God, born to offer us a hope of a better way of living now and for all of eternity. The characters in our story come from different backgrounds, but when they saw the baby lying in a feeding trough because there was no room for them to stay in the inn, they responded by worshipping him, And their lives were changed forever. So I wonder this Christmas time how you will respond to the baby in the manger. How you will join your story to his story and to God's story of love and hope and peace. And I hope and I pray that like the characters in the story, you too will recognise and worship him as Emmanuel. God with us. Amen.